Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment or two while we bring on our great, great Facebook community. And we are... Good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Sorry to interrupt you. I'm actually Zach Fitzpatrick today, Chad. I'm rocking my (laughs) ride. I'm dressing up in style to talk about yet another quarterback-driven podcast, I'm sure, today. But please continue. Yeah, I mean, today, you know, not a lot to go on by way of breaking news. However, the one thing that I think as far as Broncos-specific related, but the one thing to kind of get out there is over the last two weeks, we've received a few questions about the possibility of an Alex Smith Well, word on the street is the Washington football team plan on releasing him. Does that change your outlook? Because for what it's worth, for what it's worth, Jim Harbaugh credited Smith for his mentorship of Colin Kaepernick and Andy Reid said Patrick Mahomes would not be the NFL quarterback that he is without Alex Smith's tutelage early on. So your thoughts on perhaps teaming up at a free agent Alex Smith with a Drew Locke? My first thought is we actually called this on KK yesterday. And again, cheap plug alert, anyone who's not a member of MHH for KK, please subscribe to that. I promise you it's worthy. But we talked about literally every single quarterback that becomes available or will become available has been or will be linked to the Broncos. Alex Smith, I said it on KK. And I've said it on previous pods, great success story, uh, great comeback last year. I, I give him all the credit in the world. He was a serviceable quarterback in Kansas City. I think he was a tad underrated, the prototypical game manager, but he's no longer that anymore. And what would he really teach Drew Locke? I mean, when you stack up the mentor quarterbacks out there, the mentor options, you have to think to yourself, what could that guy impart onto Drew Locke? Obviously, Jeff Driscoll couldn't do much. They're not the same quarterback at all. Alex Smith and Drew Locke are the antithesis of each other, Chad. One's a gunslinger and one's a game manager. I mean, he's a tough guy. He'd be good for the locker room. But if you're going to spend money on Alex Smith, then you know what? After last year, you have to wonder if he would even settle for a backup job or settle for a non-starting job. 
but I'd rather save that money and get a quarterback that's a little more in tune with Drew Locke's skill set or has a better track record as a starter if push came to shove. Again, love Alex Smith. I think his best situation is in Washington, but that's not looking like it's possible anymore. I wish him well. I just don't see him coming to Denver. By the excuse me, by the way, you know, I am on I'm traveling, visiting family, and I don't just take time off. Like when I vacation, I still work. When I go away, I still work. And so how could I go through a day without talking to the community, without talking with my podcast partner? It's still going to happen. However, Harris, thank you, buddy. Uh, Zach, you got to let me know if I am on at the mercy of hotel Wi-Fi. So if there are any blips in the in the giddy up here, you got to let me know. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. Alex Smith, to me, I never really fully gave this my full attention because I didn't even want to countenance the topic until it was even feasible because – Trading for him, unless you were giving up a seventh round pick. I mean, even with that contract, actually, I wasn't interested in trading with for Alex Smith. But now that he's a free agent, I actually kind of like the idea of Alex Smith if you're going for that fail safe and someone who wouldn't necessarily be uh, enter that locker room as a clear, evident, obvious, direct threat that could both create some some competition anxiety for Drew Locke. Provide a true fail-safe if you need to fall back on him. He's a guy that started countless, countless games. Uh, we'll take a look at some of his stats here, but I don't hate it. I'll be honest with you, Zach, and maybe it's my University of Utah alma mater colors coming to the surface here, but <laughs> I've always viewed Smith as a – I've always viewed Smith adversarially. That that Utah connection with my school, it doesn't – it's never really meant much to me, but I do like the idea. I will say this. I, I do like Alex Smith more than some other options. I like him more than Tyrod Taylor. I like him more than Gardner Minshew. I like him more than Nick Foles. But, you know, you also have to think about not just the quarterback, but the scheme in which Alex Smith would be coming to in Denver. I can't think of anything more dynamic than an Alex Smith quarterback and a Pat Shermer coached offense, Chad, calling the plays. It's five-yard ins all day long. That's what you'd be getting if he starts. Again, I'm sure he can be the rah-rah guy for Drew Locke. He can impart some wisdom on Drew Locke and help him out with the the intangibles, but Locke is a very tangible quarterback. He learns by being out there. It really doesn't matter who you have as the backup. And I'm starting to think, Chad, if they sign a veteran quarterback, it's less to mentor Locke and more to just have that guy in case of emergency. If Locke gets injured or if Locke busts, the, the plan, I believe, will be to have to Locke start. And if he doesn't, if Alex Smith has to enter the game, I just don't like the Broncos' chances compared to some other options out there like an Andy Dalton or maybe even, maybe even comparably a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, guys, we want to hear what your thoughts are on the Alex Smith topic. And again, I kind of have been very dismissive on the on the issue just because he wasn't really an option for the Denver Broncos as a trade target because even if you're going to give up something to acquire him, the contract that he currently has until Washington actually cuts him, it's not very friendly for what the Broncos are looking for. We're going to keep talking about it, get your questions in, get your supers in. Uh, but first, we do have to say hello and thank you to the presenting <clears throat> sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast. You, you know him by this point, you love him. It's Manscaped Gang. It is now worth, we're in the third month of 2021, right? Here we are in March, March 1st. If you haven't embraced that new year, new me mindset, then I don't know what it's going to take to, to get you, you know, motivated. But let me tell you something to kind of ease that, kind of help get you a little bit excited. Manscaped is here offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And you hear Zach and I talk about this all the time. 
They've helped over 2 million men across the world take that male grooming up to a whole other level. And that includes me. You guys have heard me talk about it. But, Zach, tell them about why Manscaped is the secret to step in their game up. I was going to say it's 2 million and 1 with me and 2 million and 2 with you. So I can definitely attest to that. And the secret is just in the, this, the simplification of the product. It's nothing, uh, fancy. The packaging is, is very nondescript for the most part, but it's the quality that matters here. And I always talk about the, uh, the weed whacker. I, I'll, I'll use it right now. I mean, you turn it on and hold your charge forever. Like I said, you charge it once fully and it lasts about seven to 10 days, which is crazy. I'm doing it right now. It's in my nose right now. I don't even need to be graphic. But it's working, and I'm doing that while podcasting. And if I can do that while podcasting, you guys can take literally two minutes in the mirror and use it on your ears, use it on your nose. You can take the lawnmower. You can use it on your neck. You can use it on your chin. You can use it underneath all parts of your body from the head to toe. So I'm telling you, again, I'm relating as an ordinary, normal guy who uses these products and enjoys them. Manscaped Chat is the ultimate package for male grooming that includes below the belt and above the belt. I promise you, you cannot go wrong. Well said, my friend. And it's not just the grooming tools. Zach did a good job of demoing exactly what's available to you at manscaped.com, but it's all the little accoutrements and little things to, to accent and accentuate your presentation as a dude. So head on over to manscaped.com. If you use the code huddle, our code, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping and trust when we say your wife, that lady in your life, plus your boys, they're going to thank you. And yourself will thank yourself, but get 20% off with free shipping with the code huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code huddle. All right. Good stuff. A couple of quick things here, guys, before we dive back into the chat and the topics at hand, I got to remind everybody to make sure you're following the Facebook page of the huddle up podcast. It's easy to find if you want to surf there, Via your browser, just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. <clears throat> By the way, the reason it's not facebook.com slash huddle up podcast, someone out there, some someone claim that handle on, on Facebook. So we went with this. Um, but guys, if you are following and liking that page, you're going to get access to all the cool content we have coming down the pike. Plus, you'll be entered into, a, into our weekly drawings that we're doing right now uh, to those who are both liking and following the page. Also, guys, check out the uh Twitter accounts at huddle up pod plus at mile high huddle. Stay engaged with us. My partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, as you can see on the screen, myself at Chad and Jensen and our producer, as you know him in the chat and in the community, Buona beast on Twitter at John K M H H. All right. A couple other quick things here, and then we'll dive right back in. Check out the merch store. When you get some time, huddle up pod.com, get your swag on, get a trucker hat, get a, t-shirt get a hoodie a face mask tank tops mugs a little something for everybody including children and even babies we got baby onesies on that website so check it out if if you'd like to uh find another way to not only rep the brand support the cause it all adds up it all is very very helpful and again as zach mentioned at the top of the show we hope that you know i mean a lot of you have gone over to subscribe and become supporters on facebook if you haven't we hope we hope that you're considering that and that you're going to do it soon because you're missing out on Kelberman's Corner, which yesterday, again, I got to say, Zach, yesterday's episode is probably my favorite so far just because the research you did, digging up that those just those little nuggets on Ryan Fitzpatrick's history and how 
each stop he's been at as kind of a journeyman. Has that young guy that he was supposed to kind of help groom, did that turn out for the team? You're missing out on that, gang. It's a different flavor than what you get on these live stream pods. And in order to get access to that, go to our page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button. Click that. Subscribe. You're in like Flynn. Plus, next week, we're debuting Eric Trickle's brand new NFL draft show. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, we just ask that you, number one, subscribe. Number two, like this video. So crucial. If you're on YouTube and Facebook watching us right now, please like the video. It's a small thing you can do to help us out in a big, big way. And then the third thing is, if we're doing a good job for you, all right, even if we disagree on some of the topics, if you respect the effort, share this video out there to, on your social media. Help us continue to grow and grow we are. Where are this close, Zach, from 10K on YouTube and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. It looks like we lost John there. I don't know where he went. Did you see that? Am I? Is that just on my end? <laughs> I didn't even notice that. He's AWOL. He's AWOL. Come back, come back, John. Some uh, internet problems. So I'm going to navigate here real quick. Come grab, We'll grab Mo's super sticker. We can't show the emoji for now. Maybe John can remedy that uh, when he comes back. But uh, thank you, Muhammad. Appreciate you, my dog. Always great to have you in the chat. Thank you, Mo. Good to see uh, you. I mean, here's a good question. I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on Patrick Peterson. We addressed this yesterday from Todd. I just wonder if Patrick Peterson would st- would want to still be paid like a cornerback. I guess is that some kind of inference about maybe it's time for him to move to a safety. Whatever he wants to get paid as, the dude is going to want to try and get top of the market money because he's got the resume for it. I mean, even look at JJ Watt today. That's another thing we need to talk about. Another domino that fills that. I was actually just thinking when you said that, that maybe J.J. Watt would force or or prompt Patrick Peterson to maybe take less money to come back to Arizona. I mean, they're assembling a win-now title contender there, and he might want a chance to play with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt if they sign Hassan Reddick again at pass rusher. Vance Joseph lucked into one hell of a job, didn't he, Chad? And also Isaiah Simmons on that defense as well. If they don't have a top-10 unit next year, he should be fired right away. Yeah, that connection that VJ had to J.J. Watt dating back to his time as an assistant in Houston uh, paid some dividends for him on this particular deal. But I want to talk a little bit here in a few minutes. Not quite yet. I want to talk about the implications of the J.J. Watt deal on perhaps not just a Patrick Peterson, you know, which is out there in the ether, but something that actually hits more closer to home, which is Von Miller, the latest buzz, all right, is that the Broncos and Vaughn are going to try and find a way to kind of, you know, smooth things over and and keep him in Denver. 
If that happens, Zach, the odds of it being on this final year of his contract where they just pick up the option and eat the uh, 17 and a half some odd million that he'll uh, make as a guaranteed salary this year, I think is slim. I think if they do, if Vaughn does stick around, it's going to be on some kind of a restructure. Was JJ Watts, I want to say the average APY was something like 15 and a half million, if I'm not mistaken. I was in a car quite a long time today, but nevertheless, do you think that's worth, is, is Vaughn worth age 32 season? Is he worth 15 million bucks a year? Well, he's done more in his NFL career than J.J. Watt has. I mean, he's a champion. He's a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he literally, uh, I believe, is more accomplished, even though J.J. might have the better, you know, flashy stats with the touchdowns and the pass deflections. I do believe that sets the market barometer for Von Miller, and whether the Broncos want to cross that barometer remains to be seen. But it's looking, like you said, less and less likely that he's going to come back to the Broncos on his current salary, though I do expect George Payton and Von Miller to still reach an accord and come back on a renegotiated, not necessarily reduced contract, but a redone contract that allows Vaughn to maintain most of his base salary, which might be converted into a signing bonus, and gives the Broncos a little more cap flexibility, and they're not paying Vaughn Miller, he who missed all of last season, as a franchise quarterback anymore. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's put a pin in that conversation just for a minute. I want to bring it back to the topic of Alex Smith, because – Zach, today after the news broke that the Washington football team is planning on moving on from Alex Smith here in the near future, sometime between now and the new league year, I decided to do a little research on Alex Smith. And anyone who follows the NFL, I mean, you don't have to be a media. Anyone who follows the NFL is aware of this dude's tribulations over the last two-plus years and what he went through on that broken leg. If there's anything, Zach, that would give me pause about going out and giving any amount of money to Alex Smith, I still would worry about that because I had to be reminded watching this little feature that I found on YouTube of just how arduous that battle was. And it wasn't just fighting for his NFL career. This dude, A, almost lost his leg. In fact, his according to this report I watched, Zach, the doctors were actually counseling him to, hey, let's just right. hedge and let's take the leg. Let's just yep. not, because he had that uh, necritis, whatever it is, the for, I don't want to be gross here, but the flesh-eating um, bacteria in his in his flesh after the surgery, and he said no, and then he went septic. And as you and I have both had experience in our personal lives with with loved ones who have gone septic, it, typically it doesn't end uh, in recovery. It's very bad news. But he battled that, he beat it, and then that's he saved his life. But then he battled for two years to. I mean, I could go into depth. It's pretty crazy what he went through. Still. Every time he's out there on the field taking a snap, uh, a snap, Zach, my heart would be in my throat, so to speak. Yeah, and, and behind this offensive line, and, and that's not exactly the stone wall back there. So there's always the injury concern. There's the, I, I believe, the dearth of arm talent left in Alex Smith's body at his age. How old is he now, Chad? What What is his age? Uh, he is officially, whoop, he is, uh, oh, it normally shows it on pro football ref, uh, reference. If you click on more bio, I think. Uh, right. Oh, right here. Yeah, There we go. Yep. So he's 36. He'll be 37. He'll be 37 in a few months. I, I mean, so again, it's you're going to hand a guy who's 37 coming off that injury, limited arm talent, and 
you know, based on the comments he made coming out of Washington, he was it's surprising. He said, oh, they don't want me here. Ron Rivera never wanted me. So he's a little bit disgruntled as well. And that's why I'm questioning whether he wants to even be a backup. And not only that, to be Drew Locke's backup. Do you think Alex Smith would want to win something for some, some time in his career? Um, I just wouldn't do it. I would commit those dollars to someone like Andy Dalton, who has more arm talent. He's younger, and I think he'd be a comparable salary, if not cheaper. I think the only circumstance in which I would be cool with Alex Smith, like let's just say on your 2021 salary cap budget and you're George Payton and you say, look, we can allocate as much as this dollar figure to our veteran backup journeyman fail-safe guy. If I'm going to risk allocating those dollars to Alex Smith, it would have to be at a fraction of what I would be willing, Zach, to offer an Andy Dalton. And that would still be. You know, we're talking backup money for Andy Dalton. We're not talking about hitting him with a starters type of contract. So unless Alex Smith was willing to take a a relatively humble contract because of that leg, God bless him. I mean, this dude's a warrior, what he overcame. I'll tell you that. But that would just give me too much pause. I would be too worried that that salary, he'd get hurt, something would come back to haunt me, and it would end up being money down the drain. I just think if the Broncos want a heady, rah-rah mentor or inspiration or someone that can help Drew Locke on the sidelines, they have that guy under contract already, and he's fairly cheap, and that's Brett Rippon. So if they're looking for that smart backup quarterback, why not roll with the younger guy who can still blossom into maybe something, a career upside number two? I don't think he's ever going to start in the NFL. I just, for me, I know it's, again, controversial. I see it in the comments that I take Alex Smith over Andy Dalton. I take Alex Smith over Drew Locke. For me, my opinion, I don't think he's worth the money. Again, like you said, Chad, God bless him. He's a warrior. He deserves all the praise for what he overcame. But I don't think he's right for Denver, given the current makeup of the organization. Guys, you tell us what tell us what your thoughts are on Alex Smith. We'll get we'll get more into it as we kind of get through. He, he's not Drew Locke. That's the the same comment we're going to get. Watch. Definitely, yes, yes. In fact, today that brings me to another topic, uh, John. Let me just. Uh, Tell you where I'm at real quick. John's back with us. He's back in the house, everybody. Um, We are – so we've only been able to get up to this point. Thank you, Brad. We have have, – what's up, Brad? Appreciate you, Doc. We have – let's see. um, Jesse, Bryce, Rocco, Blue Ra, Isaiah, couple from Larry. So that's where we're at right now. Um, But – John, it, as you get those staged, I want to show something to to everybody watching with us and, of course, get Zach's take on this because it's another list. I mean, it's the offseason. Tis the, tis the season for mock drafts. Tis the season for free agent trade speculation. And tis the season for the ubiquitous lists, right, around the NFL media landscape. Surprise, surprise, NFL.com had a, an amalgamation of four different <clears throat> excuse me, writers uh, put together what they called their QB index, which ranked the NFL starting quarterbacks, all 59 of them who started a game in 2020, uh, based solely on their 2020 body of work. So it wasn't just like, hey, who finished where in the stats? It was <clears throat> based on what you saw from them in 2020, where do you rank these quarterbacks? And Drew Locke, as you might be able to tell here from the headline, ranked number 33, Zach. And be- and be- as I serve this over to you, I'm going to pull this up. The list of quarterbacks that were ranked above him, really quick. Let me just let me just tell you this. Um, here, here's the list. All right, uh, Cam Newton ranked above Drew. Mitchell Trubisky above Drew. Teddy Bridgewater, Tua Tagovailoa, Taysom Hill, 
Andy Dalton, Jeez, Daniel man. Jones, and Jalen Hurts, for crying out loud. All right. Your thoughts on the number 33. And, and it's not something we're going to write home about, but still, it's worth talking about. Well, can I just see what their justification? I mean, can yeah, we I'll read it. I'll lead read into it. that and I'll go on, you know, based off that. Man, I didn't realize I dropped so many words on this thing. All right, here's what they say. All right, they list the stats. Um, it's not exactly curtains yet for Locke, who still could have a shot to grow into a decent player, whether in Denver or down the road elsewhere. But it's also hard to imagine the Broncos can't find someone capable of bringing a higher floor and higher ceiling to the position in 2021. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I, I just don't know how you look at Locke being a decent player who can still become something and then rank him the 33rd overall quarterback. I don't, my comment is these again are national media types who don't watch the games. They don't study Drew Locke. They don't see what he's overcome. They don't realize the deficits uh, in which he operated last year. They look at players like Tua and Jalen Hurts because they had flash in the pan success. But if you look at their stories, uh, they didn't end the season on particularly high notes as well. I disagree fully. I don't think obviously he's a top five quarterback, but to even make a number 33 to even put that in there, it's just more disrespectful than it has to be. I disagree, and I just think of it as the national media, again, not really knowing what Drew Locke is, not really knowing the makeup of the Broncos or what happens to them last year. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that these people don't watch the games in a general but, sense, but they're not studying every Bronco game like we do. It, it's just, Chad, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they don't even give you a reason why he's ranked 33rd. Everything there is so vague. It's not exactly curtains, but he could have a shot to grow into a decent player. That's that guy's opinion, Blair, whoever that is. That's not gospel. That's not fact. All he did was list the stats there. If that's what he is even going on, Chad, that could have been what you did there for the article. But oh, that's him. Those are that proves that. Then you're not giving me any reason as to why he's the 33rd ranked quarterback. And if you go on those stats, it's not you know 15 interceptions. Yeah, but Jameis Winston led the league two years ago with 30 interceptions. So 15, comparably speaking, isn't that bad? 
it's just the Denver bias. I hate to go on that excuse and, and, and cry foul over that, but how could you look at at Drew Locke's body of work, especially in the second half of the season, and then create a number 33, 33 out of 32, and then and then give no justification or rationalization as to why they put him there. It's just crap off-season analysis, Chad. Nothing more. Fat cats, we uh, the, the chat jumped you. We're doing it the old-fashioned way. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, if we move back from pick nine, do you really think uh, Virginia Tech cornerback – Caleb Farley would be there after pick 12 or so. If I were a bet man, I don't think I'd take yeah. that risk. Yeah. I mean, if you were uh, hell bent on landing Caleb Farley, I think, yeah, 12, I think you're pushing probably the limit of where he ends up going. Like you really would be taking a risk at that point. If, if he's on the board at pick eight and you know that, you know, you're trading back. I, that, that's, I don't know. We'll see. Because I've also heard from some some plugged-in draft scouts and people like that that Patrick Sertan is, has a little bit more cachet in NFL circles as far as the actual GMs and scouting departments. So I don't know. It depends also, Zach, on what kind of run there actually ends up being in the first round on quarterbacks. I, I think if they trade back, it's because they think Farley is not the guy for them. And that's the only reason they would move back. Otherwise, why not stay put and take the better guy for your scheme? Um, if they do move back, though, I think the target would be J.C. Horn at number 12 overall. I don't see Sertan or Farley dropping past the top 10, top 11. I hope they stay put. I, I wouldn't mind George Payton trade back, but to lose out on a chance of Caleb Farley, I don't know about that. Holden says on this similar thread here, did you guys see Mel Kuyper's latest mock with us trading back to pick 15 and still getting Farley? Not sure what else we picked up in the trade, but I like it. I tell you what, I don't get, I, I don't pay for mock drafts. All right. I don't pay. If there's a paywall for a make believe mock draft, even the most from the most plugged in draft guru insiders, I'm not paying for that. And almost all of Mel Kuyper's mock drafts, Zach, end up behind the paywall most cases. And so if it comes out and it gets leaked somewhere and I see it, that's how I know what Mel Kuyper had to say. So I'm not aware of this, but again, I still think at pick 15, I could see Caleb Farley being there if there is indeed, you know, Lawrence goes one, Wilson goes two. You got Justin Fields, you've got Trey Lance going somewhere in that top 10 as well. Maybe even a Mac Jones. Jones. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. If that happens, then I could see a Farley getting pushed a little bit farther down to the middle of the first. Yeah, to your point as well, I agree. And um, I don't also read every single mock draft that comes out. It's just mental masturbation at some point because we're all saying the same things. It's all, there could only be a certain amount of picks for each team. So that Kuiper said that, you know, it's notable in the sense that it's Mel Kuiper, but Mel Kuiper's also been wrong, arguably as much as he's ever been right. So again, I don't think he'll be there, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, mock drafts, there's never been a perfect mock draft. In fact, I, what's the it, best case scenario on someone actually mocking the first round, even as close to the draft as possible, Zach? I mean, it's like maybe a 5% success rate in terms of accurately predicting. And that's if, you know, that's including like knowing for sure Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. That's why it's the most unpredictable exercise in all of sports. But I believe we got some context here from Christos. Mel said we traded back with the Patriots. Okay. If that's the case in that pick, then, you know, I wouldn't mind it for the extra capital, but moving to 15 and still getting Caleb Farley, I don't think is very realistic at all. Uh, we got one here from, oh, hold up one second. I'm reverse engineering this and it's trying to be a little bit ornery from Jesse. Um, 
He says, appreciate the super chat, Jesse. He says, pros and cons of Alex Smith versus Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup quarterback. Well, first off, with Smith, here's a con, all right? I do like the idea of Smith. You guys have heard me now say that a few times on tonight's stream. As a free agent, I, I like it. I don't love it. But here's a major con, Zach, injury concern. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick, not to say he's never been banged up or hurt. He has, but you're not worried about his leg caving in at any given moment. Now he Alex Smith rehabbed and it's it was cleared last summer by Washington's medical staff and all that but in the back of my head that's still cuz part of this you know we're talking about a genuine fail safe, right? If Drew gets hurt or if Drew heaven forbid falls on his face first quarter of the season it just isn't meant to be and you need to fall back on a guy that has to be your guy. That has to be the guy that can carry you. And Alex Smith, that's the one thing that would worry me about him is that that leg, whereas with Fitzpatrick, not quite as big of a, a, a concern. Yeah, as I laid out yesterday, it's surprising to me because, you know, Fitzpatrick is painted as his quarterback of durability, like the uh, – uh, I, I can't think of the guy, the baseball, the, the streak, DiMaggio. It wasn't the streak. I can't think of it right now, but the uh, the Cal Ripken type of Iron Man quarterback that he is, and it's just yeah. he's not like that. He's played in one full 16-game season since 2015, which was his best season as a pro. The upside to Smith over Fitz, though, is that Smith won't make those back-breaking, game-ending interceptions like Alex Smith would. Or like like Fitzpatrick would, excuse me. So right, right. you're getting a guy who's uh, a little more careful with the football. He'll keep drives going. But on the other side, you lose out on a potential play that Fitzpatrick with his arm can make. He's a lot more like Drew Locke than Alex Smith is. He's a little more of a natural gunslinger who likes to let it go down the field. Yeah, and one thing about Alex is you're right. Like He's not a guy that's going to uh, endanger drives on a regular basis. He's not going to make those throws where you're like, just what in the you know, YOLO? And you're like, what in the heck was right. that? Uh, he moves the chains, but he's not, he's not going to put up anything even remotely approximating Star Wars numbers. You know, Fitzpatrick, you're going to get those flash in the pan games from him where he goes for 350 and four touchdowns. Like it's going to happen from Fitzpatrick. You're not going to get that. But the, the adverse, the other side of that is you'll get those from Fitzpatrick here and there, and then you'll get the one touchdown, four interception games and, you know, two pick sixes. Like that's, he's a true gunslinger. And, you know, it, I guess it's just what do you prioritize the most? Because the one thing about Alex Smith is he is a guy that I would feel relatively, not relatively, I would feel confident, health willing, Zach, that he's a guy that could help maximize if you had to turn to him, that young talent that's waiting in the wings, just waiting to be unleashed and ready to, and just ready to be tapped into by the right OC quarterback, just getting in the zone and realizing, all right, this is what we're doing and distributing, being true playmakers, true game managers in the best sense, and distributing that football. Alex Smith did it for several years with some very, very, very good Chiefs supporting cast. He never had a great supporting cast in San Fran, but in KC, Moss Def. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. He also had coaching in Kansas City. And the thing for Alex Smith to work is everything kind of has to be going the right way. He has to be protected. He has to have a good running game. And he has to have a good defense. So if those things can come together in Denver, minus the coaching, I don't see Pat Shermer blossoming into Andy Reid anytime soon. You could survive and keep afloat with Alex Smith. But a guy who's going to lead you back to the playoffs or beyond, I don't see that at this stage of his career. Once a really, really solid starter, now a career backup. Rocco, appreciate the super chat, my friend. Always good to see you in the chat. He says, I'm good with Smith as a backup, a great mentor. I didn't realize how much um, reputation, uh, chops he has. He's been given some props by his former coaches for doing the exact opposite of what you talked about in Kelberman's Corner on Sunday as far as Ryan Fitzpatrick. like He is very much Alex Smith, a good mentor, good example, and when, you know, when the onus got taken off of him and given to a, a Kaepernick or given to a Mahomes, he played, he didn't play that passive aggressive game. He stood up like a true soldier, did his duty, helped to try and do what he could to make sure that the Chiefs or the Niners won on Sunday by helping that young quarterback as best he could. Both of his two coaches, Reed and Harbaugh, tipped their cap. But, you know, like I mentioned on KK, if you think back to Fitzpatrick's tenure, he's played for eight NFL teams, a quarter of the league, every young quarterback he's mentored, E.J. Manuel in Buffalo, Geno Smith in New York, Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay, and even Tua last year, none of them have ever uh, stepped up and become better quarterbacks. But with Alex Smith, the the I almost slipped, Washington started a quarterback named Taylor Heineke last year in the wild card round against the Bucks. He played his ass off. He was actually really impressive. Not because he's a little-known quarterback. He could ball. And I believe he actually got better because he had Alex Smith as a mentor. As a pure backup, I wouldn't cry. But as a starter, I'd go with a Dalton any day of the week over Alex Smith. All right, we got Bryce jumping in. Thanks for your patience, Bryce. A newer name on Super Chat. But as I guess we hear, we can see here that he's been supporting low-key for a while now. Hey, man, thanks for the Super Chat. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we like to stay engaged with our superstars and shout you out after the show. But he says, been supporting low key for a while now. Big fan. Thank uh, you. Appreciate you. 
if we could only select or pick one, who do you pick? Vaughn Ooh. or Shelby Harris? Miller means too much for the franchise to not keep, in my opinion. So if push came to shove, Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough decision. Honestly, it really is. But you know what? Vaughn's not that much older. I guess in the NFL world, three years senior to Shelby Harris. I mean, he's going to be 32 uh, this month. Shelby, I can't remember what Bert, his birthday month is, but he's 29, going to be turning 30 this year. That's the only thing that would make me lean in any way, shape, or form towards Shelby. But if push came to shove, I got to say Vaughn. Yeah, because – even Vaughn at 80% Vaughn Miller off the edge. It, to me, and I, I'm one of Shelby Harris's biggest fans, but I think that's more impactful uh, than Shelby Harris at 100. I hope they can keep both, but like you said, edge rusher is so important in the NFL, and he was not too long ago the premier edge rusher, literally a Super Bowl MVP edge rusher. And if he can kind of harness that, which like you, he's not 38, 39. He's still fairly young. He missed all of last season. He's recovered. So he should be fairly fresh. He should be motivated. And with that contract coming down, likely he should be incentivized to play well. As much as I hate to say it, because I'm on the hashtag pay Shelby bandwagon, you got to keep Vaughn. I mean, that's a future Hall of Famer. Love him. You need him. Amen. Amen. Uh, John, if you have access to him, we need Blue Raw. We need Isaiah. And there we go. Chris, thank you, my friend. Blue Raw, a.k.a. Chris. Is it Lacorte or Lacorte? I'm not sure how to pronounce, but Chris, appreciate you. He says, if we lose Vaughn, and then in parentheses he puts, not likely, should we look at Hassan Reddick? Personally watched him turn the corner here in Arizona. I actually liked Reddick quite a bit coming out. Um, I mean, I'd rather go to the – honestly – You've got an eight-sack guy in Malik Reed. You've got a guy capable of 10-plus year-in, year-out in Chubb. I'm not going and spending on edge, probably. I'm going to the draft if 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 we lose Vaughn. That's, that would be my first thing. But I don't hate the idea, depending on how much money Reddick is looking for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up his uh, box score, and we'll, we'll take a look real quick. He had a pretty big season last year, and with J.J. Watt coming into Arizona, it's likely that Hassan Reddick, more than likely that he ends up walking, um, he's going to want a pretty penny, and edge rushers get paid on the open market. I mean, it's no news to anyone. Like you said, Malik Reed is not, I'm not being a homer here, he's not too far off from Hassan Reddick, and the good thing about Malik Reed is he's cheaper, He's he's, I believe he should be younger or comparable aged, and he has higher upside in the Vic Fangio system. I would roll with what we have right now, Chad. I would upgrade on the Chickalos and the uh, the Jerry Attachus through the draft, like you said. You know, invest capital there. I wouldn't invest money only at inside linebacker in the linebacker core of this offseason. Yeah, um, here's his stats. This is what Zach's talking about. So he was viewed quite roundly, Zach, as a bust uh, for three years. I mean, he totaled, let's see, six and a half, seven and a half sacks through three seasons mostly as an edge, right? I mean, he was drafted to play edge, but he was a guy coming out as a prospect from Temple that was viewed as a tweener uh, that could either play edge or play even off the ball. He did both in, in uh, college. And then something about last season, man, he turned a corner and totaled 12 and a half sacks, more than doubling his entire, well, almost doubling his entire uh, career total up to that point. So He's interesting, but Zach, you also have those alarm bells of the one-year wonder in a contract year sounding, you know, from like a clarion. What do you mean, Chad? It's the VJ bump. Aren't you familiar with that? Right. Every player right. knows that. Every, every player gets that from Vance. 
it, it, it very well could be the Shaq Barrett effect where he, he was uh, surrounded by a lot of talent in Arizona and they had a, a pretty good defense last year. And again, he's going to want what 10 million, 11 million bucks on the open market at JJ Watt got 15 and a half. So I would save that money. I would pay the own guys in the, in the building already, meaning Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, and then uh, expand outward from there. I would leave edge though, to the draft fully. All right, let's see here. Isaiah L. Henderson in the house. Good to see you, my friend. And uh, keep us keep us in the loop on how your new podcast goes, my friend. Um, he says, I like the Alex Smith idea. He can teach Drew how to be a comeback player. He can teach Drew how to be a better game manager. Gunslinger and game manager, that's a winning combination. I agree what that last point because Drew's got that gunslinger you know, swagger, right? And that confidence and self-belief that he can fit it in there and that he can take the shot what he needs is a that it needs to be tempered somewhat with the true acumen of a game manager because even though game manager zach gets thrown around like it's a you know it's an epithet right it's like if you call you say game manager you think of kyle orton or someone like that alex smith was never going to be the guy that was putting up star wars numbers but guess what dude on third and four my dude moves the chains, all right? He puts his team in the best position, very efficient and safe, sometimes overly safe to where you're like, hey, man, you left a touchdown on the board if you would have just pulled the trigger there. Yeah, you took what the defense was giving you, and you can't go broke taking a profit, all right? That's something the Broncos have tried to instill in Drew. But at the same time, every once in a while, you know, fortune favors the bold. Look at what Patrick Mahomes did, those same decisions where – you know, you see Mahomes going deep over the top because Hill got that fraction of separation, so he takes the chance and, and bombs it. That's a check down from Alex Smith. Still probably moves the chains, picks up positive yardage, but you're not getting the Star Wars totals on the on the scoreboard. I mean, first of all, every quarterback should be a game manager. It's built into their job description to take care of the football. So that goes without saying. But teaching Locke, who's a gunslinger, to be a game manager is like teaching a cat to be a dog. I mean, you're going against their natural instincts, the natural, you know, their abilities, their talents, their moral convictions as quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't want to make Drew something he isn't. And that's what we saw last year. Pat Shermer was playing Drew Locke like he was Case Keenum, and Drew Locke is not Case Keenum. That's what I'm worried about. That's why I'd rather have a quarterback, if, even if it is Fitzpatrick, and I hate to say that because I don't want him, but at least he's closer to Locke's skill set. He's closer to relating to Locke as compared to a Jeff Driscoll or, or an Alex Smith. He's not a game manager. He's not a heady, overly heady type of quarterback. He likes playing, taking chances, playing backyard football, letting it loose. None of those things Alex Smith likes to do or does them very well. So it's oil and water to me, mixing them together and expecting good results. Let's grab Larry, who's been waiting patiently. Appreciate you, dog. Always great to have you in the chat. And seriously, we appreciate the support. He says, how short is Locke's leash next season? I haven't bought into Locke, but I'm also not sold he can't be the guy. I'm like, Meh, I just want good QB play. Wow, and what they, a fair reasoned opinion. Yeah, true. And then he throws this in uh, uh, 37 and a peg leg. No, thank you. Talking about Alex Smith, which reminds <laughs> me of that uh, Dropkick Murphy song from The Departed. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into that right now. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I mean, the, the leash for Drew Luck. It, I think very much, Zach, it depends on who they bring in this offseason because they are going to bring in. New quarterback blood, whether that comes on the trade market, free agent market, or in the draft, 
they will have options beyond Drew and beyond Brett Rippon. So if it is a more established name, right, if it's an Andy Dalton, if, if it is a Fitzpatrick, if it is an Alex Smith, someone like that, remember, Vic Fangio's back is against the wall this year, so he can't afford to roll the dice too long if Drew opens up um, really slow. And if it's not just right. like not, not just slow, but like if he's imploding and costing the team games, I don't imagine Fangio would wait too long at all to go ahead and, and supplant him. Yeah, that's uh, really well said. And I keep comparing the situation, and I've said this before, even before Peterson got fired, but to Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia last year, where Carson Wentz goes into the season as the understood starter, but if he flounders, if he gets injured, if he hurts the team, he gets yanked, and he was yanked. So I think his leash is fairly short. I can see him if he if they lose the first game and they come out and, and Locke implodes in the first half of the second game, like you said, knowing Fangio's job is on the line, I can see him being yanked after two weeks. I could see it four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. It all depends necessarily on Locke's play. How he goes is how the length of his leash is going to go, if that answers the question. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's if the Broncos get any farther than minus two as far as five, being 500 team, at any point in the season, Drew would be, in my estimation, in danger of losing his job. Yep. So if you're Drew Locke, it's it's the proverbial put up or shut up because that's how it is for your boss this year. Your boss has no wiggle room. John, appreciate you. He goes on Facebook, we don't need a game manager. We need a quarterback that can stretch the ball downfield and take advantage of our young, speedy receivers and tight ends, both of whom, guys, let's remember, Albert O and Noah Fant are four or five tight ends. And that was something that Justin Sternod talked about in an interview with uh, Troy Rank at Denver 7 late last week. He's like, look, I've been studying Travis Kelsey. I've been studying Darren Waller as he recovers from that wrist injury that he suffered last summer. And he goes, Com- that combined with having to cover for what short time he was on the field in training camp, Noah Fant and Albert O, he thinks he's going to be able to do, and I'm going to quote him here, uh, what the Broncos drafted him to do, and that is cover linebackers. But that's a different point than John's making here. With Alex Smith at quarterback, the only way those weapons are going to prosper is if they call a lot of trick plays. And we all know that Pat Shermer is adverse to those. So it's just a recipe for disaster having a quarterback that lives for five-yard, eight-yard checkdowns and having speedsters and weapons at receiver. It doesn't really mix well to me. Appreciate you, Orange Crush on Twitter. He says, I'm rooting for Drew and really feel he's going to blossom in 2021. Hey, man, we feel you. Thank you, J.D., as well, for being with us, my dog. It's what's in the best interest of the Broncos. What's in the best interest of the Broncos is for Drew to be who they need him to be, and that is a bona fide franchise guy because if he is that, that means you did not give up the farm and sell out your second and first-round picks for the next three years to get a Deshaun Watson and you solved quarterback, and that's a huge first step. That's something that you – I mean, that, that gets you entry into the dance. Do you have a franchise quarterback in the league? And then from there, Zach, if you're George Payton and you do have your first and your seconds for the next three years, suddenly you're able to really build that nest. And I don't just mean around Locke from an offensive perspective, but really build a balanced, deep, competitive roster now that you have officially landed your quarterback who has arrived on the scene. And the Broncos – are this close. I'm telling you guys right now, okay, that they've walked the QB desert. They've put in the TLC. They made the sacrifices of going through another five and 11 season with Drew's development in year two. Now's the point where if you let your foot off the gas and you forsake all that sacrifice that you put into developing Drew, 
just when you're at the point of reaping that reward, that's when really the, you know, the universe is not going to smile upon you. The football gods. I mean, it's like, it's like being in a, you know, as an investor on the stock market and you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I put in all this money. I put in all this money. I put in all this money. And right when the GameStop revolution happens in January, (laughs) you pull it out. Right. And you miss on that freaking wave that you should have by rights been banking it, but you balked at the penultimate worst moment. It really all does hinge on Drew Locke this year. Fangio's job, uh, his job as quarterback, the Broncos' success, it's all about Locke. And they need a quarterback to step up, whether that's Locke or anybody else. I'm not disputing that. And if he's not the guy, he's not the guy. But you've put this time in, like Chad said. You've invested around him. You made last year the offseason of Drew Locke with the hopes of it being the regular season of Drew Locke and it never materialized. The more realistic outcome is they still want to hope that could happen, but have a fail-safe just in case it doesn't, just in case Locke isn't the guy, they have a guy on the roster that can keep them afloat. I think that's the best laid plan right now, George Payton, because in that scenario, unlike Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, like you mentioned, you get to keep your capital. You can keep Simmons. You can keep Harris. You can add Caleb Farley. You can add an inside linebacker. You couldn't do those things if you bailed on Locke for a high price superstar like Deshaun Watson. And again, if there had been no sign that you were on the right track. Like going back to the investor analogy, all right? If you had not been getting any returns whatsoever on your investments, you know, you're probably going, look, what am I doing? I'm losing money. Like this sucks. I'm out. I'm pulling my money. And you'd be justified to do it. Even if you did end up missing out on the on the GameStop wave, there would at least be a rational, logical uh, justification for you pulling out there. But in the case of Drew Locke, he has had some very – Not only some shining moments, Zach, but he has put together relative consistency. People talk about Drew as if he's just been a complete and utter crap show from the drop. You know, it was ugly from week six to week 10. It was very scattershot, slapdash, hit and miss. That's what it was. And that's why everyone got alarmed. Week 11 on, it didn't always translate to the win column because by that point in the season, as I talked about in this article today, Zach, I mean, the Broncos were the walking wounded, like, Vic Fangio, duct tape, bubble gum, toothpicks, whatever he could to keep that freaking defense on the field in intact, 11 guys that actually can play NFL football. The best laid plans, you know, Drew was buttoned up against a ceiling, but he did improve, Zach, from week 11 on. And then uh, Savage Boy Kev on Twitch says, what about Cam Newton? Him and Drew uh, both have the swag, and I still think he has fuel left. Zach and I disagree with you on the on the Cam having juice left, my friend. I don't think he has so much swag because he types in hieroglyphics and he wears weird hats. I don't think that's swag. Swag to me is winning football games. That's why I don't think Drew Locke has swag. You know, dance when you're winning football games. And I say that as a Locke supporter. The thing with Cam Newton, though, is he can't throw. And as a quarterback, you have to throw the football. It's probably a top priority, Chad, as quarterback. And he has nothing left in that shoulder. I mean, he used every ounce of strength on every pass last year. I don't want that in my backup slash pinch starter. I don't. Uh, really quick here, John, before we grab Dave, one of our great superstars, the stream just did a jump. We're going to need Tyler, Anthony, uh, Team Joke, Jokic, Jokic, um, Christian. I just call him Christian, okay? Dale, Burn the Guitarist, Black Knight, Duke, Seth, Naj, and then Peter's where I'm at in the chat. So uh, any of those names, and I'll, I'll keep kind of giving you some um, points of reference as we go through. But Dave, from Georgia – a guy that exemplifies one of our hashtags here at the Huddle Up podcast, hashtag state of being. 
Love you, buddy. Good to see you. He says, I have the same concerns with Smith. I'm not opposed to him, though. Uh, Dalton or Fitzpatrick would probably be safer. Yeah, I agree. But again, it might be a topic Zach and I ultimately disagree on, but I'm a little bit more amenable to the idea of Smith, just depending on, hey. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Get him in here. Let the Broncos docs get a, cl- a close you know, look at that leg and have their own evaluation. And even still, I'd be a little bit nervous, but I like the idea of Smith because he's a team guy and he's, he'll teach. He will take the other, the young quarterback under his wing. He'll be a mentor. He'll do what Joe Flacco never wanted to do. Uh, The thing though, I disagree here. Alex Smith, as much as I don't want him, he would be a safer choice than the Fitzpatrick because like we mentioned, he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't as much. He doesn't take as many sacks. He's a, a safer literal game manager. You mentioned when you think a game manager, you think of Kyle Orton. I think of Alex Smith every single time. He embodies that. So in that sense, he is safer, but to me, among those three, Andy Dalton, he can push the ball and he's also a game manager. So that's why I think he's the best bet if the Broncos are looking in this direction. We've got Kyler Randall in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the support as always. And by the way, your T-shirt is on the way. We did get your email and uh, it's on the way, my dog. Appreciate you. He says, I'll catch the pod after work. Appreciate all you guys do. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. MHH for life. Always Thank great you, to see you, Tyler. Thanks, buddy. Um, John, while you get that one queued up, I'm grabbing Peter Parker, who's been waiting patiently as well. Good to see you, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. And if we're already connected, go like this and, and let us know who you are because so often the handles on YouTube differ from that of Twitter. But uh, Peter, thank you. He says, good evening, gents. Have either of you seen the tape on uh, Kansas, I think, right? 
Kansas linebacker uh, Jameen Davis played well in coverage against strong competition in the SEC. Fills a big need. I have not studied that dude. I have not studied that dude. And I can tell you, thinking about the articles I've copy edited for Eric on his, um, you know, Broncos draft fits and the videos he's done, I don't think he's mentioned him yet. But I'll take a look. I'm not, but I'm, I'm not going to steer you wrong. I'm not aware of him quite yet. I'm not opposed to any linebacker that can help against uh, coverage and he, he play preferably all three downs. But uh, if they're looking for an inside linebacker not named uh, or an, a linebacker not named Michael Parsons, JOK in, in the first round in a potential trade down, I think could be a target if they want to go that route. John's telling me Kentucky uh, yep. and, and Trickle does like him. So we'll talk to Eric and get his thoughts on it and holler back at you. Uh, Dale, good to see you, bro. And also great to connect with you on Twitter. Created that account. Finally joined the conversation with us over there. So Took the plunge. Appreciate you. Uh, he says, Zach, Tom Brady threw 12 picks this year as a 20-year vet under a new system. Three in the NFC Championship. I'm not concerned about Locke throwing 15 picks. I mean, it's just because he led the league with that number. But like I mentioned a few years ago, leading the league was 30 picks from uh, Jameis Winston. So I'm not really, I'm not concerned about that number. And, and Carson Wentz threw the same number of interceptions. Yet a lot of Broncos fans wanted him here. I'm not putting onus on it. Young quarterback makes mistakes. News at 11, Chad. Guys, look at this, okay? Um, if where you really have to start kind of cringing and like being prepared for another shoe to drop on you is when said young quarterback, when their touchdown to interception ratio ends up being inverted and they're throwing more picks than they are touchdowns. But even though Drew was tied for the league lead in picks last year with 15, as you can see here, he still threw 16 touchdowns. He still had, he was plus one in the touchdown to INT ratio. And if you look at his career, all right, people want to pan Drew Locke again, like he's just some Paxton Lynch uh, giraffe freaking embarrassment, which I just don't understand. I'm sorry. I can't take that leap with you. 23 career touchdowns, 18 picks. And that doesn't count his rushing touchdowns, which I can't remember how many, if any, he had as a rookie, but Zach, he had three rushing touchdowns with his legs last year. I'm looking at those rookie numbers, in fact, and wow, Chad, I mean, not just his winning record, he completed 64% of his passes, he he blew away the touchdown-interception ratio, I mean, he really was looking good in those five games, and it's unfortunate that they decided to can his coach that was making him that well in, in Scangarello, but I digress. Yeah, I'm sure John Elway is always going to wonder about that, um, you know, because look, Elway wasn't going to stay the man in Denver forever, the dude's getting old and eventually you want to go live your life and, and uh, get out of the grind and whatnot. But I'm sure he's always going to wonder how much of a fateful, how much fate played in that decision to can Skangarello, because if you don't can Skangs, and I know that that was a Fangio driven decision, but Elway signed off on it. If you don't can Skangs, you get year over year coaching and scheme continuity for Drew. And I think a lot of those issues that you saw from him, especially from week six to week 10, technical regression with his platform and his throwing and his, his footwork and all that. Look, for what Scangarello lacked as a tactician, as an X's and O's guy, he more than made up for Zach with his ability to teach and reach quarterbacks. Like that was his calling card. I saw a comment that I've I've said before, but I want to give some credit to that Locke doesn't need a better backup. He needs a better coach. He doesn't need a younger backup. He needs a younger coach. He needs someone more in tune with Drew Locke's play style and the play style of the the common 
NFL, the pass-driven NFL, where you have to be creative and innovative and you can't be vanilla. That's what Scangarello was. I mean, you could, like you said, you can say what you want about him, but he reached Drew Locke on a level that goes beyond football. They had a close personal relationship, him and T.C. McCartney both, and why the Broncos wanted to blow that up after year one, after Locke went 4-1. and one. If he went 1-4, and four, I would have understood it, maybe. But him going 4-1 and one, and the way he played in those games, it's it will always be baffling, almost as baffling as passing on Kyle Shanahan for Vance Joseph. Earn the guitarist, our friend Zach, who is a bona fide superstar. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hey, guys, and by the way, you're going to have to tell me about that handle. Burn the guitarist as a guitarist, you know, like that hurts me on my fifis, you know, burn the guitarist. What's that about? Is that a band name? I don't know. Let me know, though. Hit me up. He says, hey, guys, your fifis, my fifis (laughs) with all the draft talk and whether or not to invest in offense or defense. I feel like we're ignoring the third side of the ball. Let's get a punt to it. <laughs> there's no, there's no Ray guy oh. in this in this class, as John said. I actually think Sam Martin did pretty well last year. I mean, for as much crap we give the special teams and Tom McMahon, uh, I, I just think uh, the the punter situation finally got kind of settled down. So that was decent, you know, blip of hope last year. Yep, and even uh, Boban Moyer, the new long snapper, that uh, he had one just face palm moment on a really bad snap that ended up, was it a safety? I think it was a safety. It's the little things that count. Outside of that though, Boban Moyer played pretty, Boban Moyer, Moyer uh, played pretty well. And Sam Martin was definitely an upgrade over Wadman. Now, whether that juice is worth the squeeze in terms of the money they paid Martin, you know, you can make your arguments, but uh, Jeremy, AKA black Knight, two thirty two. Bonafide superstar. Good to see you, bro. Uh, appreciate you. He says, if Slater, the offensive tackle, is there at pick nine, I wouldn't cry if we drafted him because then you would have a franchise-setting offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – if it's one of the cornerstone uh, championship building block positions, I'm never going to cry too much, even if I preferred something else in the first round. And you and tackle's one of them. Like, you solved, you solved the left tackle – with, with Garrett Bowles, knock on wood. But Juwan James, for all we know, there's still that chance in, in, in H-E double hockey sticks that he ends up actually playing football, what he's paid to do as a professional. <laughs> and if he does that, he's a good player, you know, but if he can stay healthy, but still yeah, that shoe could drop at any given moment. You're on very thin ice. I wouldn't cry too many alligator tears if it were a guy like Slater, because he is a very good prospect. Better than a punter, number nine. I actually think yeah. Slater. I actually think Slater goes a pick later to Dallas at number ten. They need a tackle more than the Broncos need a tackle. But I wouldn't like Chad said. I, I wouldn't cry. I wouldn't go on some Twitter rant about how the about Peyton blew his first pick. They need a tackle because Garrett Bowles. You never know what could happen with him. I mean, he's an Iron Man in terms of injuries, Chad. But whether he keeps up his play, I, we do not know just yet for another season. And Juwan James, whether he's in the building or not, they can't have Calvin Anderson or Jake Rogers or whoever the hell else as a backup tackle. It's time they invest in a young premium blue chip guy to have as a backup in a worst case scenario. It's one of the reasons why Zach and I had a slight disappointing taste in our mouths last year when they took KJ in the second round because there were some decent tackle options there and it was kind of a luxury move there. And the Broncos didn't, I mean, outside of that great catch that he made to win that chargers game in week eight, the game winner, 
you know, there's, I can think of one or two other big plays that he had. Like he really didn't impact in the same way that, look, what would have happened if you would have had a, I'm trying to remember who was there in the second round, Ezra Cleveland. Cleveland. Yep. Um, I can't remember now off the top of my head, all the different guys, but there was, there were three guys at least I can remember us talking about anyway. But if you had them, you're not having to necessarily turn to Elijah Wilkinson when Jawan James decided to go on a walkabout, you know, for a freaking year. <laughs> uh, Duke, good to see you, bro. Talk about a superstar, Mount Rushmore cat and uh, a very good friend of ours. Good to see you, my friend. He says, I love the idea of Alex coming in. No on Deshaun Watson. What if, and it's a big what if, Denver had to give up bowls along with a crap load of draft picks plus other players to land Watson. Roll with luck. I think, Zach, the point here is, thank you, Duke, it's not just going to be picks. The last thing I saw of what it's going to take First round picks minimum, your first round picks for the next two years, minimum your second round picks for the next two years, plus two cornerstone players, probably defense, but Bowles would be considered a cornerstone young guy. I think they want defense, though, and John McClain, um, he recently, I quote tweeted it, but he put out an article where he said the Jets are a logical trade partner and they can start uh, with this trade package, so I uh, I made it into a, a template for the Broncos, and that would be, in terms of McLean's uh, uh, suggestion, three number ones, a number two, Drew Locke, and Bradley Chubb. And to me, it's just too much. I, I really wouldn't go that far. To me, Chubb is the deal breaker there, but three number ones, uh, I can't. I don't know. It's it's just a little, I know it's not popular. I know I'm going to get all this crap right now in the comments, but that's a big load to give up for a quarterback that's one and two all time in the playoffs. It's like Christy said last night on the show that, you know, sometimes the ask is too much. Like it's, it really does become a bridge too far. Seth Harmon, thank you for that super sticker, my brother. Great to see you in the chat. And by the way, get on Twitter and connect with us because I look for you after every time uh, you super chat and no luck there. So hook us up, hit us up. Let's, let's see on Twitter. Uh, Naj Altaf in the house. Great to see you, man. Appreciate you and your generosity and support. He says, hey, brothers, Watt getting $31 million bodes well for Vaughn. I hope George Payton realizes how much uh, hope Vaughn brings to the team and to fans. Losing Vaughn would be devastating to me. I get that. And it ties back in, Zach, to the whole legacy issue with Vaughn because it's not just a matter of cutting a 32-year-old eight-time Pro Bowler. It's a guy who is one of the most celebrated Denver Broncos of all time. And it, it's going to hit in a lot of ways that you can't maybe foresee in tangible ways if you move on from him. And not just on the field, but as Naj says, the fan base, it's a very deflating – it would be a very deflating move. And Naj is, you know, he's just sampling, I believe, what the overall feeling would be in the fan base. And I've said this before, the morale factor from cutting Von Miller or parting ways would be the same as cutting John Elway. He has almost the same lore of being a franchise legend, future Hall of Famer, first ballot kind of guy. If nothing else, for fan morale, for team morale, on a reduced or restructured contract, I am 100% keeping Vaughn around. And that says nothing, Chad, what he can bring to the defense under Vic Fangio opposite Bradley Chubb, now fully healthy, and he's not too old. So he still has gas left in the tank, and I'm with Naj there. I mean, I take my fan hat off when I cover this team, as do you, but not having number 58 out there, not seeing him out there, that would be a big uh, punch of the the old gut. Yep, absolutely. 
Zeus McPeak in the house. Been a few days since we've seen that first face that is etched up there on MHH Mount Rushmore. We miss you when you're not here. We notice when you're not here, and we celebrate when you are. Zeus McPeak, love you, bro. And he says hi to everybody. Appreciate your support as always, my friend. And I actually, by the way, talk about Fifi's. I DM'd you on Facebook not too long ago, dog, saying, hey, Stu, when can you come back on the show? No reply. I'm over here like feeling like, you know, a spurned uh, Tinder. You know, I swiped the wrong way, right, on Tinder. <laughs> Get back to me, dog. Should have swiped right. Uh, let me just do this real quick because it's going to feel good. Zeus. Okay, I'm done. Appreciate you, Stu. All right, we are at 103, so we got a rapid fire. These very patient, great superstars. And um, try and be out of here within the next nine minutes. Bill Anderson, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you, Bill. Connect with us on Twitter. Appreciate you. He says, thanks for the show. Love the content. Quick question. What would a restructured... Uh, Vaughn deal, I think is what he meant to put in here, look like? Would he be willing to forego free agency? Um, yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be, you're doing everything you can as an as a team to forestall him hitting the market. Like, that's the whole point of doing a restructured deal is you don't want to have to contend with 31 other teams for Vaughn's, uh, you know, attention and, and favor. I would say a restructured deal <clears throat> would look like something like, approximating a 15 to 17 million dollar cap hit but you're you're able to structure that and defer it so he would get that money when they get a signing bonus on a new deal so let's say Vaughn resigns just to use round figures here uh on a 3 year deal worth 45 million dollars all right just as an example and the signing bonus is uh 15 million bucks all right he gets paid that right away and the Broncos can defer that signing bonus into future cap years. So they're not taking it all in the cap on the first year. And by doing that, you can lower his 2021 cap hit, something like that, if they do indeed work out a restructure. And the thing is, the Broncos don't have to pinch pennies with Vaughn. I know they want to bring that number down, but they have the fifth most salary cap space in the league right now. So they're not exactly you know going under their couch cushions, Chad, looking for money. In terms of Vaughn, I'm throwing out, this is my official prediction a three-year deal. It's a two-year deal with a one-year team option at the end. He's going to be two. Okay, three-year deal for, I don't even know. Let's say, I was going to say two-year deal, two-year 35 mil. Uh, right about where J.J. Watt got, I would say maybe 20 guaranteed. And uh, like they have the option if they want it. It's going to be, like Chad said, to lower that number from non-franchise quarterback money to make his what he's given the team the last couple of years, which is nothing, make it more palatable going forward. It wouldn't be longer, though. I think they want to pay as they go with Vaughn and see how he responds to the ankle injury uh, last year. And if he comes back this year solidly, maybe next offseason they can explore an extension. But it's mostly a short-term deal, I think. Yeah. By the way, real quick, Josh, yes, I just looked. It did go through. We'll get to you here in just one second, bro. Appreciate your patience. Base Gase, thank you, sir. Sounds like Cliss confirmed we are in talks with Mile High Fitz. Cough, cough. And do you think we'll have a full-blown QB competition? Hard to say, man. Hard to say. If you, if it's a Fitzpatrick, if he comes in. It's inevitable. I, I think, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a competition of some sort, but I think you're going to give Drew uh, the edge in terms of, you know, you're starting off with the first-team reps. 
And honestly, at this stage, we tried the route with Drew where you get carte blanche, no real threat, right? You're the guy. He had his worst. When I say worst, it is relative. It's only two years in the league, but he had a, we'll just say, down year followed by down the stretch he improved. It just wasn't the greatest. I think Drew, it's worth exploring whether or not it might be best for Drew to really feel that heat, feel some true competition anxiety, even if it's not blown up to the same proportion, Zach, as Paxton versus Trevor of 2016 and 17. But like some kind of a push and pressure on him actually might have a galvanizing, uh, motivating effect that could elevate his game. Yeah, if they were in full-blown talks, though, that would be tampering. So I don't know if Cliss is going off of Woody Page's report, which I wrote the story about, or he's heard something, but it very well could be they're looking for that that second-tier backup, that second-tier veteran, and right now the leading contender looks like Fitzpatrick. To me, like I said, though, it's almost inevitable because no matter where he's went in the NFL, again, eight teams in 16 years, he's always become the starter he's always usurped the young quarterback and I don't think that would change with Drew Locke there would be something about his allure his cachet his swag whatever word you want to use Chad I think like you said though they go two games under 500 they have Ryan Fitz magic waiting on the bench there it wouldn't be long before he ends up under center yep that's a risky run so if you're if, if that is indeed how it shakes out man it is, you know what, or hit the bricks, Drew. Like it's time to, it's this is it for you, man. There is the margin of error and the patience for for which Vic Fangio and company are going to be willing to suffer are going to be razor thin. Uh, Josh, aka Rogue Theory, being very patient. Appreciate you, my friend. Great to have you back in the chat. He says, Zach's here we go again. Face when media and fans dismiss Locke is my spirit animal. Appreciate you. Realistically, he puts in quotes. Who do we get to groom or combat Drew Fitz Smith? Realistically, if Zach's making that decision, who are you bringing in, Zach? Dalton. And I think among those three, which it's looking like, and maybe Nick Foles and Tyrod Taylor, among those options, to me, it's my opinion based on what I saw last year, based on what I saw from Alex Smith last year and Fitzpatrick last year and his career, I just think Dalton, if they want to go that route, he would not be a headline grabber. He can give you solid play. He can help lock. I mean, he really is the full package for what they're going for this offseason. Corey H., good to see you, bro. Hit us up on Twitter. You're another name that I always look for after a super chat on Twitter and can never find a Corey H. that I know is Corey H. So uh, connect with this dog. Appreciate you. He says, the sooner we realize it's lock for 21, the better off we'll all be. That's the way it's going to be. We all need to start focusing on the defense. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to it. Look, Zach and I, we get we get a lot of fun and we we, we get a lot of enjoyment and fun with the speculation and stuff like that. And but it does eventually wear thin when we know we can kind of see the writing on the wall. But at the same time, you know, Zach, if the Houston Texans eventually say, "All right, we're taking calls," Peyton's gonna put in a call. He is gonna get an offer in. He's at least gonna swing. Might end up being a bridge too far and too rich for his blood, but it's going to happen, which just goes back to the whole, the sooner you can just say, look, let's maximize one last year with Drew, probably the better off you're going to be as a franchise. Yeah, the sooner you make that decision to forego a trade and to roll with Drew is the, is the betterment for this franchise, or the sooner they want to go in on all into Deshaun Watson, but they're at Watson's mercy, and that's why I'm saying they can't wait until September or August to resolve the situation. They have to get their quarterback situation figured out now because the 
the entire fate of the team rests in the balance, not just Drew Locke. They, they can't wait any longer. Hez Buster, good to see you, brother. He says, what about trading for Jimmy Garoppolo? Kidding, kidding. <laughs> just wanted to see Got Zach's me. reaction. <laughs> Who will be the next QB to Denver rumor? Hard to say at this point. Um, we could talk about it real quick. <laughs> We're running out of time. Um, but there, Mike Kliss was asked. Luke had a great article on this today. Uh, go check it out at milehighhuddle.com. But Mike Kliss was asked, you know, what do the Broncos do with their first-round pick? You know, is it going to be a quarterback? And he floated out there Mac Jones. Two of the most bona fide Denver insiders, Woody Page, Mike Kliss, have both continue to mention the name Mac yep. Jones. So let me let me get this from Swag and then serve it over to you. He says, why is everybody hating on Locke? He's a star in the making. Does anybody remember Peyton Manning's rookie year? He threw 28 picks. Look how he turned out. It is an exercise in patience. You know, don't jump the gun. If it ain't Paxton Lynch level, uh, Jamarcus Russell level debauchery on the field, give the dude a little time to grow. I, this is kind of a, a non sequitur based on the last comment, but did, I know you do, Chad, but remember the Broncos' interest a few off-seasons ago in A.J. McCarron and the trade rumors, and didn't Elway put out that fake news tweet about it? I, I joked on a podcast last week. I said the next big quarterback you know, speculation we're going to get is why don't they trade for A.J. McCarron or sign him, whatever he's doing right now. And I swear to God, no lie, in the comments, I saw an A.J. McCarron reference. So it's going to devolve to that level until the Broncos make a decision. That's why, personally, whether it's Watson, Wilson, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Drew Locke, I'm hoping it gets solved ASAP. All right, we got one here from Dale, and then we got one also from Christian. We're not going to miss out on Christian. The chat jumped in, but we caught it before it got out of out of uh, our reach. Dale, thank you, bro. He says, I can't be the only one who saw Locke working on finding that happy medium between gunslinger and game manager. To me, Locke is the only QB in Denver since Peyton with the it drive to win. I do think he does have the it factor. Whatever you want to take away from him as far as his rawness and um, you know lack of temperance, for, for lack of a better term, he does have the it factor. He does kind of have that, you know, um, you can't quantify it. It's hard to put your finger on it, but you know it when you see it, which is why fans got so excited about him coming out of his rookie year, which then again to me makes it so mystifying. Such a large swath of Broncos country has not only just jumped off the lock train, like they're actively, you know, they, <laughs> they drove 100 miles down the, the tracks and they got a, got out a freaking backhoe and they're digging up the tracks to derail this thing. <laughs> That's very funny. And Dale, uh, you're not the only one. You're not alone. Uh, it, it, it might be a silent majority, an emphasis on silent, but there's a lot of uh, Drew Lock fans out there that are supporting him and realize that he took tangible and intangible steps last year. He grew as a quarterback in the second half of the season and I believe his best football is still ahead of him by far. John took care of it. Appreciate you, Christian, um, and for your patience, man. He says, I know this won't be a popular opinion, but I I wouldn't be mad with the Broncos signing Cam Newton. He showed flashes before he got the virus last year. Hashtag state of being. I feel you. Uh, You know, you're always going to wonder with a guy like Cam because – you know, former number one pick, former Heisman guy, former league MVP. There's so many boxes he's checked on his quarterback resume. But if it wasn't Christian three, two and a half years of injury, 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 I mean, that arm is shot, dude. Panthers, I mean, then you go to New England and we saw what we saw. Like 
I don't know, man. I just don't think he's he'd be really. And you got to worry about fit too, Zach. First of all, I mean, what flashes last year? I mean, he was decent as a runner, but as a passer, like I mentioned, he literally could not throw the football, which is fairly important. And secondly, Chad, the Broncos broke Cam Newton in February of 2016. He has not been the same quarterback, nor will he ever be the same quarterback. I do not want him anywhere, nor the baggage or the attention he brings anywhere near Denver. Peter Parker, again, we got Spider-Man in the house. Good to see you, bro. With great power comes great responsibility. I'll take the responsibility of mining those hidden draft gems and keep the super chats coming. Very Appreciate cool, you, man. Peter. Hashtag MHH. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. Connect with us on Twitter, don't, uh, by the way. Make sure you do that. Meek in the house. Great to see you. Two nights in a row. Love it. Thank you, Meek. He says, uh, quick throw uh, quick throw off. What does Kyle Shanahan does? Uh, what Kyle Shanahan does bad in San Fran this year? Like four or five wins, do you think they would move on from him? He comes to Denver, turns Drew around, look at Kyle Shanahan's win percentage maybe. Dude, that ship sailed. We would love it, dude. Zach and I, if you could go back in time and, and you know grab Doc Brown, go back to the future, that whole thing, and and convince John Elway, like, you know, instead of eating Cheerios that morning, you'd give him Lucky Charms, and it's <laughs> Kyle Shanahan that gets hired instead of, you know, Vance Joseph. Could have, you know, could have, would have, should have. We would do that. Every day of the week, twice on Sunday, but it's a sh- it's a ship that sailed, dude. It's gone. It's not coming back. And, and what it seems like is there's not a lot of great blood. I know John Lynch and Elway have a good relationship, but it seems like since the interview, which he knew he wasn't going to get Kyle Shanahan, it, there's maybe some acrimony there, maybe with Mike Shanahan, or I don't see him coming to Denver, and I don't see him getting fired anytime soon, though. If Drew Locke were in a Kyle Shanahan system in Denver or San Fran, like I said, much different quarterback. It'd be night and day. And by the way, Kyle Shanahan has carte blanche in San Fran. That was one of the bone. That was one of the um, points of demarcation. San Fran was offering full roster control and, of course, head coach. And uh, John Elway wasn't willing to give him that. He said, oh, "We'll consider you a head coach." So John Lynch was actually a Kyle Shanahan hire. He works for for Kyle Shanahan. So for what it's worth. Right. All right. We really got to hustle here. Alfonso, another new name. Thank you, my friend. Welcome. Welcome. Connect on Twitter. You have the option of picking Micah Parsons or Caleb Farley at pick nine. Which one do you pick? I'm taking Caleb Farley, Zach. Same. Yeah, I think that's where Fangio leans and cornerback to me is a bigger pressing need right now than inside linebacker. And that's the only reason why, like, I think some of the off the field stuff with Parsons is a little overblown. And yes, the Broncos could really use that generational off ball guy, but you've got two passable starters, uh, guys who at least you can count on to be there. And you still have the shot that Justin Sternod could be something. Jennifer King, another new name on Super Chat. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. Connect on Twitter. She says, hi, guys. First time I've caught you live, but always watching later. Cool. She says, just want to show my appreciation for your knowledge and insights. Hashtag state of being from Arizona. Very rad. Thank Thanks you. for checking in and for the support, Jennifer. means a lot to us. All right. I think oh, the queen. The queen. The 11th hour. She's popping in, and uh, we we're just singing her praises about the, her insight from last night about sometimes the bridge is too far, you know, on giving up the farm. So good to see you, Christy. You crushed it last night. Great to have you. And, uh, again, we're going to circle back after the free agency and get you back on the show. Thank you, Christy. Uh, let me just double-check here. I think we are current. Oh, did we get Anthony? I don't think we got Anthony. Uh, standby. Got to get Anthony. 
Yeah. Let me make sure. Where did he go? Bear with me, gang. You know, I hate the dead air, but we don't leave a superstar out in the cold. I saw Anthony. Where was he? Oh, there he is. John's got it. Yeah. Oh, does he? I'm off screen. Uh, There he is. Thanks, John. Excuse me. Last one. And then we got to go, guys. Anthony, appreciate you, dog. Mark my words. Drew is going to shut the doubters up. And the same ones who's wanting him out of Denver are going to be the first ones to praise his name. Hashtag haters going to hate. Love it, dude. We hope that's how it shakes out. In fact, you know, it's kind of cringe to uh, quote yourself in an, in an article you wrote. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway because it kind of ties into that. Yeah, true, right? Um, and it ties into what Anthony said. And let me just read this to you. All right. This is the last thing I wrote in this article. Go check it out uh, about the NFL.com ranking Drew 33. Just remember, he who laughs last, laughs best. Time will tell if Locke gets the final guffaw. And we don't know if, it, if he's going to get it. I hope he does because it's, gonna, it's in the best interest of the Broncos and it's going to be very satisfying. But as much as we sit here and tell you that we want Drew to get this last shot at the plate, all right, we'll also be the first ones if he does swing and miss and the Broncos have to sit him down or move on after 2021 – We'll be the first ones up here to tell you, look, we hope for the best. It didn't work out. Time to move on. Yeah, and Anthony, I don't know if you're new to the show or not, but we have an expression around here that kind of you know dovetails off your expression, and that's hashtag let them hate because yep. we still believe, and uh, that's a slogan that we lived on the last year, and it's not going away because he had a disappointing season or because of Deshaun Watson talk. If or when he's crowned the starter for this year, I think we'll see positive results. I'm not – uh, backing down from that. I will die on that hill with you, Anthony. And by the way, Anthony, you're an OG. You've been with us a long time. The reason sometimes I think it gets confused is because you've changed your handle more than one time on YouTube. So it sometimes gets confusing, but you know, we love you, appreciate you. And you're, you've been with us a long time. So let's get out of here though, Zach. We're at a hundred, we're at hundred, we're an hour and 21 minutes. Guys, um, we will announce the winner from the podcast giveaway on Facebook on Wednesday night. Okay. We got a little long. I was kind of flustered traveling today and all this stuff. So we'll do that Wednesday. We'll announce that in the meantime, follow the podcast on Twitter at huddle up pod. And then also the main account for breaking Broncos news and analysis at mile high huddle, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And of course our producer who does work very, very hard. John K M H H on Twitter. And then just, if you still want to hedge, we haven't selected that name yet. All right. For Facebook giveaway this week. If you want to get in on that, I'll put it right now in the chat, go to the page and make sure you're liking and following. You'll be entered into win. And we just use the internet generator, put the names in, picks a name. Boom. That's who gets the t-shirt this week. So head on over there to the huddle up podcast, Facebook page, and give it a like and a follow. Other than that, Zach, we're running long. So I'm just going to say one last thing. Please like this video before you dip out. And we're off tomorrow night, but we'll see you Wednesday night. Yes, guys. Take care, Chad. Take care, John. Take care, everyone in the chat. Go get your Manscaped. Hashtag or hashtag promo code HUDDLE. 20% off free shipping. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday. Until next time. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.